Hello and welcome to Rob McRunning Real Talk. Uh, this series all about cancer survivors, sufferers, nutritionists who help people with cancer and um, all that other stuff in between. And today we have, uh, is it Lucy Duffy or DJ Lucy, DJ Duffy? DJ, DJ Lymph, DJ Problematic, DJ... <laughs> Cancer. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, me and Lucy met through social media once again. Somebody else who I've befriended um, through social media. In the unfortunate circumstances that, uh, well, I think you reached out to me. Maybe did I reach out to you? I think you reached out to me. No, I, I think I reached out to you. Yeah, we're best friends now, so it's fine. Um, we've never met. It's another person who I've never met, but um, Lucy had the unfortunate circumstances that some people listening to this are facing i've faced and everybody else who i've spoke to in this series has faced in that you were diagnosed quite recently i think you are the most recent person who i've um, spoken to so talk us through your story you reached out to me on um on facebook i think it was when you is through one of those sort of cancer support groups that i'm still on and still active in um and you were going through it at the time and that was earlier this year so Tell us your story. So, first of all, reverting back to beginning of March, I um, <laughs> I kind of semi-died, um, which sounds very dramatic. But uh, uh, I've got a, an underlying heart condition called hypertrophic cardiomyopathy. Oh, um, the names of my health problems are just wild, really. <laughs> <laughs> I always... I like to choose the the most wild the, the ones you can't spell. Yeah, the ones that doctors are like, "What? Sorry, come again?" Um, <laughs> or the the lay people, not just not doctors, because they know what they're talking about. Anyway, uh, I was just at home one day and working as usual, and then I had uh, quite a quite a horrific uh, palpitation, and my chest kind of closed in, and I hit the deck blacked out, hit the deck, um, woke up to my housemate looming over me on the phone to the paramedics. Oh. Uh, paramedics turned up, whisked, whisked me to hospital. Um, I'm trying to make this as summarised as possible. Yeah. The next day uh, from that hospital, I got blue lighted to another hospital, which is where my specialist is. Oh. And then because it was a weekend, they couldn't do anything about it. There wasn't <laughs> right. any um, surgeons or anything. So uh, the surgery was done on Monday and they decided to fit me with a subcutaneous ICD, which is basically like a defibrillator in your body. So that if anything was to happen like this again, the defib would kick in. So if I Mm -hmm. collapse on the street, please no one give me CPR because it would really bloody hurt. Um, I might have to get a tattoo on my chest saying, do not resuscitate or something. I was just going to say that, you know, like, (laughs) <laughs> yeah genuine i mean not tattoo but genuinely like the first thing that anybody would do if you collapsed would be to perform cpr because that's what we're told yeah if you see someone who collapses if you do, if you know cpr do it like you're not told oh check that you're okay to do it first because they might have a first personalized defib like you don't get that so you would just jump straight into it wouldn't you and then and you're not going to be in a position to go oh yeah don't do that because that's really gonna really gonna hurt so um yeah how does that go about like i mean genuinely maybe you should 
but, but even then, if you've got a tattoo on your chest, they're not probably not going to like rip your jacket open and be like, oh, she's got a tattoo on her chest. Don't worry about it. But yeah, it's, um, yeah, not cool. Not cool. Um, hopefully it never happens, but yeah. Wow. Okay. So, so here you are having had a defib fitted, which was nothing related to the cancer that you later got or you, you had at the time or whatever it was. No, and I was I was just going to say I think maybe my um because my phone uh closed it kind of wasn't recording what I was saying but anyway yeah. here I am it again was. yeah no oh. it was it definitely was we got you um no uh, if I if I um suddenly collapsed and then someone saw me um and uh yeah if someone suddenly saw me and I just suddenly jolted. Mm. It would be quite the shock for the just for like a passerby, but uh, yeah. yeah. So um, my heart condition, I was diagnosed in 2017. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've kind of managed it ever since then, and I was on medication for a while. Then I came off it, and was basically told by specialists like, "Don't go and do what Rob does and <laughs> run around everywhere." Right. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, you you could be at risk of uh, passing out. Okay. Um. So I, did, I managed it for years and years and years, and then this episode happened, so I had the ICD fitted. Mm-hmm. And then, um, so that was that story. And then at, towards the end of March, I had um, a load of tests redone because last year I found a huge lump under my armpit. Oh, okay. And immediately my brain was like, oh, breast cancer. Right. Um, because it was near the breast, and I was like, just immediately like, oh, God, like, you know, something's wrong. Mm-hmm. So at the time I was living in near Guildford and then I moved to Teddington in southwest London and the doctor um, in Guildford did an ultrasound, basically said, oh, I think it's just your lymph nodes from having COVID because I had COVID in November last year. Okay. Had the ultrasound in December, um, didn't have any tests done though, didn't have any uh, biopsies or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So he sent me away and basically said, you know, I think it's just you having COVID. Um, don't worry about it kind of thing, but do get the tests redone in London. Yeah. So off I went back to London, had the test redone there. Um, a doctor had a little fiddle of my armpit and mm-hmm. breasts and whatnot. <laughs> um, and uh, basically ruled out breast cancer or anything sinister. They were her words. Um, okay. So, yep, I don't think there's anything sinister, but we'll send you for a biopsy. Sent me for a biopsy. So this was kind of like March time. Um, I think this was after the heart episode. I can't remember now. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, the end of March this year, they. Um, so this was when I was under Kingston in southwest London. Mm-hmm. And they sent off the biopsy to um, Charing Cross Hospital because there's a big hematoma. Um, okay. they, came, they came back saying that they think it's Hodgkin's lymphoma. I had never heard those words in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, got onto Google, which is probably a really crappy, yeah. crappy idea. Everybody does, and it's the worst thing. <laughs> and lo and behold, uh, it said that it was a type of blood cancer. I obviously freaked out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, and then I'd had I had a trip booked to Iceland two days later yeah not the supermarket i hasten to add and um and they basically said um you know 
you can you're safe to fly if you if you want to go like it's up to you kind of thing and then in the same instance they said oh uh we've we've now discovered we think that one of your arteries has a clot on it um so like thrombosis mm-hmm. and i was like oh my god like kick me while i'm down so yeah. um anyway so they uh they just wanted to be sure that that wasn't the case so they did like some more tests some ultrasounds and ECGs for my heart and mm-hmm. whatever and they ruled out the thrombosis so they said you know you can fly if you like so I went to Iceland two days after being diagnosed with cancer <laughs> wow okay <laughs> a little okay. bit bold yeah, yeah but yeah. uh if, if there's anywhere you can you you should go if you get a cancer diagnosis is Iceland well, why the hell not yeah why the hell not? Um... <laughs> it was quite a nice place to um kind of process everything and uh yeah, I guess actually, just yeah. about it probably, yeah, people deal with it in different ways, don't they? And how you deal with being told that we, we you know, I've been there, other people, uh, Christy, Joe, and have all been there and yeah. dealt with it in different ways, and, and how many other people I speak to who've dealt with it. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess. Um, yeah, I mean, why not? Better than probably sitting at home in your room being depressed, isn't it? So, uh, well, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really glad that I had the, the trip booked. Um, mm. And that they said I, I can fly if I want to. So yeah. yeah, that was that. And then I when I came back, I met with my oncology team. So mm-hmm. my oncologist and specialist now. And yeah. uh, my mum and my brother were there as well. And um, yeah, so she was talking me through the, the process of chemotherapy. And mm-hmm. um, so I, I was going to be put on what is kind of known as the standard uh, regime for Hodgkin's yeah. which is uh, six cycles of ABVD okay. or, as my, or as my brother calls it ACDC <laughs> <laughs> um, so that was the regime yeah. and so yeah I just kind of had to come to terms with it straight away like I wasn't I don't know I was kind of numb I wasn't really yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't really cry I didn't I definitely didn't laugh obviously <laughs> um, but uh yeah, and I, I I was very honest with my uh, my oncologist at the time, and I said because uh, I I could kind of feel my family looking at me as if mm. I should have been reacting um, yep. hysterically, yep. particularly yep. my mum, mm-hmm. and uh, and I just wasn't, and I I think they kind of felt a bit confused, mm. and um, I thought, what well, I don't know how I'm dealing with this so well, but then I realised that. Um, I had a little bit of CBD before I went in. <laughs> right, okay. <laughs> bit, of, bit of CBD oil. And I, I was completely honest with my, my oncologist. I said, uh, you know, I've, I've taken um, a bit of CBD and uh, a couple of valerian tablets, which is like a – you can get them in Holland and Barrett. It's like a herbal kind of anti-anxiety thing. Ah, uh, okay. Um, and I think it was very much needed. Uh, so, react, yeah, there you go. I'm, uh, wow. The queen, okay. of, queen of Holland and Barrett. So there you go. So then from your, your diagnosis, you go um, you go away to Iceland, you come back, and then how long after being diagnosed do you start the first... Well, you said you, you were going to be on the normal sort of six stages of... Yeah. But you didn't go on that. You went on something different. But how long after being diagnosed do you then start your course and how many courses is it and all that other sort of stuff? It was quite a while for me because... Um... Um, so when I was under Kingston and they mm. discussed the regime of ABVD, 
Mm -hmm. uh, they give you a chance at the whole freezing your eggs thing. Okay. Um, which is uh, you have to you have to go for the IVF process, and I know some of the other girls that you've spoken to have yeah. um, spoken yeah. to me about this, and you. Um, yeah, yeah. So anyway, I started the process, and I had no idea about IVF. I didn't have a clue. When they say to you, uh, you know, we can retrieve some of your eggs, I was very naive and thought, oh, I'm just going to trot along to the to the <laughs> hospital, and they're going to pull some eggs out of my ovaries but that wasn't the case <laughs> um you have to inject yourself with hormones twice a day for two to three weeks and then go for scans left right and center so mm. I was going to the hospital every two days for a scan to see if my ovaries had produced uh, follicles with eggs in wow. and um cut that story short um it didn't work I had the procedure and there weren't any eggs okay so anyway, then um, um, I had to move from Teddington to my brother's in Forest Hill. Mm -hmm. So I, I moved um, moved there and I swapped hospitals mm -hmm. um, just out of convenience. So yeah, I'm yeah. now under King's Hospital. Okay. And what I met with my new oncologist. She went through a new regime, which was two cycles of beer cop or the longer term is escalated be a cop duck. I think mm -hmm. it's German. Um, try saying that when you're drunk. Um, <laughs> uh, so yeah, two cycles of that. And then two cycles of the ABVD at the end. Um, mm. it, it, basically the, the beer cop is really, really powerful. So uh, after one or two cycles, yeah. there was, uh, they were, they were sure that the, the cancer would be gone mm -hmm. and then the, the other two cycles are just to make sure it doesn't come back or if there's, uh -huh. if the beer cop has missed anything sort yeah. of thing and then the pet scan at the end wow so um so yeah and also they gave me another go at the the uh ivf stuff so in answer to your question your original question mm -hmm. um i was i started the ivf process under kings mm. um and then that it was kind of working, but then the lady that I was under said um, that my I had a low egg reserve, so it wasn't actually going to work. Okay. So I went into the hospital one day with my mum mm. because the lump on my neck was getting aggressively big to the point where it was kind of almost um, kind of shutting down my breathing at night. Oh God! Right. Uh, not not completely, but like it was hampering it, and mm -hmm. because of the anxiety and everything, it was kind of making it worse. Yeah. So they said that they wanted to admit me there and then. Mm -hmm. So this was the end of the end of June. Um, so bearing in mind, I, I was diagnosed end of March. This was June. <laughs> By the time anything happened. Yeah, and um, yeah, so. I was I was admitted the next day and that's when I started the chemo. So it was first of July that I started the chemo. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And obviously I don't know loads about um Hodgkin's lymphoma and sort of mm. blood cancer and that kind of thing. So to me, blood cancer is it's a scary thought. Obviously any cancer is yeah. scary. Blood cancer is scary thought because your blood is literally everywhere. Like if you get mm. breast cancer, it's in your breast. If you get testicular mm. cancer, it's in your you know, you know what I mean? If you get blood cancer, it's kinda of like shit it's 
it is everywhere. Like it is mm-hmm. in every bit of my in my heart. It's, it's everywhere. So, um, so how do they like? If you get blood cancer, like how do they? Do they just check? literally everywhere because obviously it can it can if anything's going to spread it's going to be blood cancer surely in my head it's going to be blood cancer because blood yeah. is the thing that's that's flashing around your body all day every day so so what do they do, do they just test everything like well that that's what i thought when i first heard when i first heard hodgkin's lymphoma and i googled it and it said blood mm. cancer i thought oh my god it is literally everywhere like you said mm. but actually uh out of all the cancers it's actually the most curable um so as soon as i heard that i was kind mm. of less anxious um basically that's what the pet scans for it's to okay um, so the pet scan is slightly different to a ct scan they put mm-hmm. like a radioactive um liquid oh, in your body yeah. yeah 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 and it has sugars in so the sugars light up the areas that the cancer is okay yeah and then um so it's it's a form of blood cancer but it's your, your lymph nodes so right, you yeah. have lymph nodes everywhere so if you were to google um you know lymph nodes and then go on google images you can see uh, like on a cartoon image that there's lymph nodes everywhere kind of thing yeah yeah they're like yeah yeah i think i've actually done that before um yeah. um just to do with sort because of, they obviously they get rid of waste i think as well like your body so I've, I've, yeah my yeah. job um when I'm doing sports massages, obviously um, we use the lymph nodes to sort of expel any, um, well, all the, the, the crap that's moving around in your body when you get massage. So, yeah, I know they're sort of in weird places, like behind your knees and in your neck yeah. and different sort of parts of your body. So, okay. So in terms of um, your other health issues that you had, mm. all of them, a long line of, health issues that you had is what was this um hodgkin's lymphoma related in any way to the the heart condition that you ended up passing out at and 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 that kind of thing were, were they ever related are they just are you just very very unlucky that they happen to be totally different things or was like did that assist in them finding something else in you or was are they totally separate things that just happened to happen near the the same time yeah that that's a question that I was asking the professionals mm. is that you know is there some kind of relation uh, between the two but they're arguing that there isn't um okay. they're saying you know the uh the abnormal arrhythmia that happened in the collapse yeah um a separate issue but um or uh, you know it's related to my hypertrophic cardiomyopathy okay but if you look at my PET scan, um, so my oncologist showed me uh, an image of my PET scan that I had before I started treatment. So, you know, when the PET scan showed up where the cancer was. Yeah. And then you look at the image after when it's gone. The image that they took um, from the original PET scan, a lot of the cancer is quite near my heart. Okay. So it kind of made me question the whole thing. but. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the oncologist and the heart specialist um, are basically arguing that they're two separate issues. But I don't know. I'm a, I'm a yeah. bit of a skeptic. Mm, yeah, I mean, I would be as well. Yeah, seem you'd have to be. You know, I mean, I was going to say you're unlucky to get cancer. You're actually not unlucky. There's there's as much chance of and and people hate it when I say this, but it's the harsh truth. There's as much mm. chance of you getting cancer as there is of you not getting cancer. So yeah, uh, we've all me you 
everybody I've spoke to uh, who've had cancer have been in that place where you're ah, I was just one of them people who, you know, thought it would never happen to me, but mm. it did. And, and I know that's everybody's thoughts, but the reality is one in two get cancer. So yeah. of you having it are as strong as the chances of you not having it. And, and that's the unfortunate place we are at the moment until they find a cure and that's where we're at so um mm. yeah you know it's um but what i was going to say is you know you'd be quite unfortunate to to have that sort of episode with your heart and then also have this this cancer um you know just weeks or whatever later but um mm. yeah i guess you know you've obviously from what you've said to me off this sort of uh podcast you, you've, you've got your own sort of health issues that you've always kind of dealt with your whole life so you've always just been one of them people who unfortunately um seems to be susceptible to um shit going on um yeah unfortunately but well know. my friends my friends at uni used to actually call me um problematic or something because <laughs> like, i uh, there was there was always a problem like yeah. i had i did I'd, I'd have hay fever i'd have eczema and um yeah <laughs> Obviously, now that I'm into DJing, uh, we've kind of come up with several DJ names, as we've discussed. And one of them is DJ Problematic. (laughs) I love it. I love it. I like that you put a positive spin on it. That's fine. All this, all these these issues. um, I think, well, you have told me, but I can't remember. You've had all this. You've dealt with all this. You're now over. You know, Mm. that awful part of your life. How old are you at the moment? I am 31. 31. That's it. So. Because um, that's always interests me that, that, you know, I think Joe and Christy and me and you and, and other people I've spoke to are all sort of a similar age. And it, I like to try yeah. and highlight, not to scare people again, but just to highlight that, you know, people go with, with two. In my experience, people I've spoken to, the first thing they say is it won't happen to me. I was one yeah. of the people. And the second thing is that it only happens to people who are 70, 65, 80, yeah. whatever, old people um in old age but what i want to highlight with these things is that that isn't the case it's really not the case like it's it's people yeah. who are late 20s 30s who you know will all have the same feelings of oh this will never happen to me but it's a yeah. very very real possibility and it's something that you know the more you share your story and other people share the stories and different ways in which you've found these awful things hopefully people listening go oh right I did, you know i just thought I should check my breasts now and again, or, you know, if a guy, I should check my, my testicles now and again. But, but you know, there's other places, there's other ways, you know, like you said, in your armpit, there's there's other areas or just generally feeling a little bit shit. You know, that was how I initially thought mm. with mine. I was like, I just don't feel right. It was just normal tasks that I was doing just seemed to take more out of me. And, yeah. And then that along with, you know, the swollen... So testicles, like, hang on a minute, there's, there's, there's just there's something you. I just kind of knew. I can't really ever explain it, but I just, I knew I was just really, really tired, and just thought there's something off in your body. Kind of like when you know, you know, some people know when they're going to be ill. They're like, oh, I'm feeling a bit. You know, you get that kind of yeah. bluey sort of symptoms. I just sort of knew, and then you know, a few days later, you're actually ill, and you're like, I knew I was going to be ill. And it's, <laughs> for me, mine was just like that, and it was. I, I had quite a similar thing because the the old organisation that I worked for, one of the um, the women that I worked with, she said, "God, you're what is wrong with you at the moment? Like you're coughing all the time. You're, there's something there's something not right." Yeah. And I thought, oh, I, I don't know. I didn't really think that much of it. I yeah. I thought, oh, it's winter. I've I've got a sort of permanent winter cough. Yeah. 
and uh, I just sort of dismissed it. And but obviously, I had this. The, I was more concerned about the tennis ball size lump under my armpit. <laughs> well, exactly. Yeah. Is but, that how um, big it got? Like, is that an exaggeration, or was it literally tennis ball size? Like... Well, my 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 brother, um, when he looked at it last year, he was like, "That's like the size of a tennis ball," and I was like, "Oh shit! Like maybe I should." actually get this checked out yeah yeah but another thing that you just kind of leave and you know think it's just going to go away and yeah does it it's um but again it's it's that thing of um like you you think oh i'm, I'm too young to have cancer of course you do yeah yeah yeah, yeah. 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 exactly it's what we all yeah we're all I'll, I'll have all my I'll, all my friends that listen to this will so be like lining up outside their doctor's surgery so. yeah no yeah <laughs> that's it and i try to get away from like i don't want to scare monger people into like yeah. oh, you could be scared of everything like one in two of you is gonna get it like it's not about that it's just about reducing you know reducing people leaving it too long you know if it happens it's it, it's a hard one because i've had it it's kind of hard to to mm. comprehend it but just getting in that mindset of not being scared that you might get cancer because everyone's always had the thoughts because of the media you know yeah. you, you get cancer you die that's it that, you get cancer yeah. the yeah, worst yeah. news ever you're gonna die but yeah it's getting out of that mindset which i know is difficult to do but getting out of that mindset into the the mindset of okay i might get it and i might get it in whatever my lymph nodes i might get it wherever yeah. that's not doesn't mean it's i'm gonna die it just means that yes it's going to be awful but there is ways it's it's no longer like it is a deadly disease but it's not like Mm. it's not a death sentence it's it's a it's a disease that's awful and you wish you didn't have but yeah getting out of that mindset that people are in of like being scared of it and thinking that's it you're doomed and being more like well if i do i'm prepared mentally to deal with it and i know by listening to things like this and other people that that there's a way out of it it's not a dark hole of of misery that you know yes it's difficult don't get me wrong it's and some people don't come through but it's not all you know everybody gets it is doomed like it's yes there is a high i think also just to add like listen to things like this i think um this can be a topic for another podcast if you like Mm. but um promoting preventative methods and this is something that i learned in my in my job as a social prescribing link worker is that we need more preventative methods to prevent mm. people from, um, you know, I know it's like one in two statistic, but there are ways of perhaps um, reducing your risk. So like, you know, healthy diet, exercise, drinking yeah. loads of water, just like really simple things that people kind of not like don't think about because people do think about it but yeah just kind of like the people like us can promote that to people who yeah. perhaps don't have a healthy lifestyle that's it know. exactly and i think sometimes and and rightly so because they're trying to generate more money and they're trying to scare you know people as well you know the the message is one in two people get cancer and and that makes you think right one in two people that's it for one in two people that's that's it you're going to get cancer you're going to be you're going to be struggling but one mm. all right one in two might get cancer so there's 50 percent of the world's population get cancer but then may i don't know what the percentage is but then there'll be a a lesser percentage of people who actually die from cancer yeah. so all of a sudden when you start looking at it, you go all right five i don't know what it's six billion people in the in the world so three billion which is a lot of people mm. are not going to get cancer if you're yeah. in the Three billion, which is an awful lot of people. Yeah, you know what I mean. You, you you're going to be okay. So it's like 
you know, when you say one in two and you've got 10 people in a room, you think, oh, God, like five of us are going to get cancer. But <laughs> you do that with three billion and you go, all oh, right, three billion of us are all right. Like, it's kind of like, but I don't know, people put it out there and go, you know, one in two to sort of make people fear it and, and it kind of works. But, yeah. but it, you know, the percentage, I don't know the percentages, I'm probably going to have a look after this, actually, but the percentage of people who actually get it and then don't recover from it, you know, is, is even less. And, and not that's not to take away from how, awful it is but mm. it's just like i said people like us trying to get the message across that if you get it it's not the end of your your world it's it's awful and it's going to be a hell of a journey to get through it but it's not you know it's not doom and gloom and and that's it there you know you've got weeks to live kind of thing you know in some yeah. cases it is for some people and that's that's awful but i um, think that needs to be promoted more though because it does yeah it, it's just like on adverts and stuff it's just like cancer 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 and it's yeah like, it's just people you know, in, in hospital beds isn't it on drips with no hair like looking like yeah. the last days and that kind of thing and it's you know and also you, also the um kind of um raising awareness about the treatment and stuff because <laughs> again like this isn't to scare people but you know if you were to get a cancer diagnosis there needs to be way more stuff about um the treatment and the side effects and things like that i mean i i was in a a meeting with um, a uh, oncologist and one of the top nurses mm. in hematology at King's recently. Um, basically, they're coming up with a trial for a new treatment plan mm-hmm. um, for a couple of years' time using CAR T cells. But I won't get all scientific wow. uh, right now. But um, yeah, m- uh, there was me and two other guys, and we were all talking about um, about you know the side effects of chemo like and it would have been nice to kind of know more about that at the start because Mm. you're given you're I I was given a huge pamphlet of um side effects yeah and yes okay they went through kind of briefly with me but you know this is and again this isn't a topic for another podcast but um as I've spoken to you about some of the side effects are so horrific and they don't they don't actually talk to you about it. It's like you have to wait and find out yourself. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I'd rather have not found out that I was going to be screaming on the toilet every time I went to the toilet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, exactly. And, and like I said, we've not even covered that. So so we're running out of a little bit of time, but just sort of yeah. briefly sort of fast forward to now you've had, you had three rounds, three rounds of chemo. Well, you had two and then, and then the two preventative ones. Yeah. So uh, I had a lot more than, um I thought I was going to have so the two cycles of the beer cop basically how that works is you have three days in a row and then another session on day eight and then you have a two-week gap and then have another three days in a row and then another session on day eight mm-hmm. and then that's done for that yeah. uh, and then you have a two-week break and then you start the ABVD so that's once every one session every fortnight so you have um session one and then two weeks later you have session two and then that that's one cycle. So one cycle is two sessions for that particular chemo. Yeah. And then I had two more sessions, so one other cycle. So I had quite a lot of um, intense chemo in a really short space of time. Yeah. yeah. But um, my last session was sixth of October, a day after my thirty first birthday. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of saw it as a positive. It was like, oh, nice birthday present. <laughs> I'm getting rid of my cancer. <laughs> and. Um, yeah last session on the 6th of October and obviously like the two weeks following were quite hellish like 
usual side effects and stuff I was kind of fighting it because I didn't want to go into hospital because um I got admitted every time but I fought it too long day 12 I was back in yeah Um, you've been so you've been admitted to hospital every time every single time yeah yeah like all sorts of various different problems like constipation and you know to the point of like crying on the toilet uh feeling (laughs) we obviously you lost your hair as well yeah what were the other side effects that maybe you didn't expect to be happening that they didn't tell you about that that then took you by surprise uh the constipation was bloody horrific um that Mm. was one thing um the the mental side of it that that was something that it's not really spoken about that much like they talk about you know your lung function your kidneys um everything below your brain basically uh but yeah I found the mental side of it pretty challenging um because I I ended up kind of putting myself into a bit of a an isolated bubble because I didn't want to catch anything basically and obviously with Mm -hmm. Covid still lingering and stuff like that Mm -hmm. um so yeah, I um yeah, I I I I always wanted to be um play the sort of I'd rather be safe than sorry card. Mm. Um so yeah. There you go. Yeah. Well, we've covered a lot. Um we've got through it without without swearing, which is more than we um I, I don't think <laughs> but I, I, it's remained fairly uh, civil and normal conversation, so I think we've done a good thing and raised <laughs> awareness so people can listen to a a different you know unfortunately again you, you know you're probably you and and christy are probably two of the people who i um who i've spoken to who've gone through it the worst um mm. I said this on loads of podcasts you know I, I feel a little bit of a fraud sometimes because mine was sort of i didn't look like i was ill i didn't really ever feel ill i didn't yeah kind of just was it was in and it was out and it was done and that was it and you know other mm. people battled for six months 12 months whatever um but it's about raising awareness that you know it's not yeah. an easy road but it's not um you know it's not a road that uh is is un sort of drivable you know you do get through it and it, there's been you know i'm sure there's been times where you've been well i know there's been times where you've been as low as as you know god knows what where you've been admitted to hospital again you've you know yeah. you it's up as best as you can with that kind of thing and um yeah, just glad we were able to, you know, I guess that's what these, these groups are all about is that kind of um, support network. And the more I speak to people like you and, and Christy and other people, the more I feel like I can help and support people because uh, I understand other people's journeys, even though I've not been through it as, as severely as mm. maybe you have. It's it's an understanding of like, wow, well, that is, you really went through it. And, you know, I knew it firsthand because... We well, it, yeah, it, it was wild. It was around. like... Um... It was like a roller coaster with never-ending loops. Yeah, yeah. I was like, when am I? When am I going to get to the end of this roller coaster? It's just continue, just, just yeah. keep continuing. Like, where, where's the end? Okay. Well, you, hopefully. Um, I mean, you are. You're there now. Completely. Yeah. I feel like a completely new person, if I'm honest. Like, as yeah. I said, the, the the two weeks uh, following the last session, I was admitted, and obviously I had all the crappy side effects and stuff. Yeah. But then going into week three, which is when my specialist nurses said that things would start to normalize yeah um i i mean part of my brain thought they were lying but um <laughs> yeah. I, I was like god uh you know 
the two weeks following were quite hellish Mm -hmm. and then week three I was like wow okay they weren't lying I actually feel somewhat back to normal it's really strange um and now I'm kind of in into week four it's like yeah it's just it's really odd really strange hair growing back hair's growing back I look like a little um you know those little trolls that we used to get as kids with the little fluffy hair yeah yeah Yeah. I look like one of those (laughs) but I'm embracing it it's fine like you know it's a it's a it's more than what was there before that's for sure exactly well as I said, you know, I'm sure we'll, well, we will, we'll keep in touch and we'll do this again. And it's just good that we've raised awareness and people will relate, hopefully, and listen and go, wow, that's another interesting sort of story that I, you know, didn't expect. And um, yeah. yeah, it raises awareness. That's that's kind of the main thing that we're here for. There is one last thing that I'm very disappointed at, and that's my well, future husband still hasn't appeared in the hospital. So I don't know where he is, but he's on one of the wards somewhere. He's, uh, he's probably a surgeon. He's, he's probably a surgeon, I would imagine. He's a <laughs> Maybe I, I need to collapse more and get more surgery. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't be, don't be, um, you don't, you don't, you don't impale him on your chest, not when you've got that thing in there. No, I definitely don't. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully, you find you'll, there'll be lots more checkups, I'm sure. Um, if it's anything like mine was, it was every three months for uh, yeah. a long time. So you've, you've got opportunity to get in there and, uh, yeah, meet that, meet that dream surgeon. Um, or whoever whoever he may be (laughs) (laughs) thanks for coming on again yeah thank you speak soon bye speak soon bye